choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo, what up, what up, what up? It's Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. This is Thanks for Asking, episode 141. So... <clears throat> I know I told everybody I was waiting until Saturday to record live, and that was the intention, and that was the plan. However, FedEx um, fucked up as usual, and they don't follow directions, and they took the equipment that I needed to the Bronx. So, this going to be a regular podcast as usual, because um, I just didn't have time to go to the Bronx to get it and set it up and everything. So, I apologize for that, um, but... You know, still doing the episode, and um, actually it's Saturday, so I have not as pressed for time, and I have more, uh, you know, time to to give to this episode. A lot of people wasn't happy with the short episode before. I've given y'all short episodes before, and then I've given y'all mad long ones, so, all right, whatever. So anyway, sorry about that. Um, I posted a couple videos for y'all to make up for it, but live episodes coming forthcoming. I ain't want to be in here like uh, Kaya and Madison with technical difficulties, so I'm going to just go ahead and uh, do the podcast regular. <clears throat> Alright, so starting with yours and Negritu, and oh my god, y'all saw what I titled the episode last week. I don't, I you know, I don't know. I should be let outside and shot. I don't know how <coughs> excuse me, I don't know how I forgot to give Rihanna, Robin, um, Fenty shout out for her birthday I think I even recorded that episode on her actual birthday I don't know what the fuck I guess I was just so overwhelmed but she definitely 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 should have got the yours and negritude uh, last week just for being born and being who she is as her dirty 30 she finally turned 30 um, you know Sistan already did everything it is to do and already queen in the music industry and she only 30 years old so all these other haters and stand groups that always got shit to say look your favorites they old they tired they through my favorite just hitting her prime so I think by the time she's done like Drake says she gonna be bigger than Madonna because you know she's she's well ahead of her, um, you know, y'all see the charts, numbers don't lie, you know, you can say what you want, um, shout out to Rihanna, I'm so sorry, I know y'all ain't never gonna hear this, but I, I don't know how I ever just forgot to give you a shout out on your birthday, you look great, she threw a party with just her close friends, like, very few cameras got in there, she released the pic she wanted to release, um, um, conflicting stories about whether Hassan, her boyfriend was there, the couple ones I read said he wasn't, but some other ones said he was, Hassan Jamil, um, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure which to believe, I, I do know that whatever's going on with them, she's keeping it very low, and not putting it on Instagram, like, she even let herself, you know, she let herself be photographed with Drake and Chris, of course, this dude, she's not, so I'm not really sure what that means, um, but, I told y'all before, look, God bless, I always said I wanted her to leave the artist alone and either marry an athlete or a billionaire, and he's a billionaire, I just, I don't trust the Arab dudes, I'm just real worried about it, but, you know, shout out to Rihanna, Robin Fenty, Dirty 30 last, last, uh, week, she's a Pisces, I'm a Cancer, 
All the little charts say we soulmates, but um, Cancers are crazy and Pisces are slightly more crazy. So, gotta get that out the way. Okay. And that's, I think that's all I, well, I'll give another yours a negritude for um, the kids at the, the kids for just marching for gun rights and um, being on MSM and just being active. Like, you know, the children all, the children gonna be all right. The children always work it out. A lot of people forget this. They, they remember Martin Luther King. But even Martin was, like, mad young during the civil rights. He was, like, 30, 35 years old. People forget that was a youth movement that was led by college kids and young kids and, excuse me, and students. And um, that's always been the way. So um, shout out to them because um, they getting shit done. I mean, they, they people are actually listening to them. I'm going to go into that more in the next segment, but I just wanted to shout them out. Okay, so that's it for yours and negative two. So moving on to current events. So... Now I know this Monique topic has been beat to death, and and but I'm just gonna say I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say a little bit more. I'm not gonna beat it too much, but I'm gonna say a little bit more because Sinbad went on the well. Let's start at the beginning. Um, Monique went on the Breakfast Club, and I ain't gonna get into it. But everybody that heard it, um, look, y'all might disagree with her delivery and her um, strategy or lack of thereof, or you know, how she's delivering the message, but sis is not wrong, and sis went on the breakfast club and gathered all three of them together as one, one ring to rule them all, she gathered uh, Leonard, she gathered Angela Lee, Yee, she gathered DJ Envy, and I mean, my daddy always used to tell me, look, the truth is always going to buy, all the bullshit, you know, it might be on top for a little bit, and you know, niggas going to be niggas, but when you telling the truth, nobody can't really knock you down, and Monique, in her essence of what she's saying, she's telling the truth, now, her, now all the other shenanigans and carrying on she do, you know, and even Whoopi tried to tell her, look, you are a legend, you, you, you are right, but the way you conducting yourself and the way you handling this is all wrong, and if you would have just called me, I would have let you know, because Whoopi is the one comic, you know, Monique went on and said she the most decorated comic, and then she stood up with her awards, and, cause niggas tried to clown and joke, she stood up with her awards and was like, show receipts, but actually Whoopi Goldberg actually is the most decorated com- co- comedian, but, you know, I think that's a minor, I think that's a dumb point to get wrapped around, because I think when she first said it, niggas was like, ah, falling out, like, what she was saying was just ridiculous, and then she came with, like, um, actually, I do have these, all these awards going way back, so, just wanted to, um, bring that up, because she gathered the fuck, (laughs) and she gathered the fuck out of the Breakfast Club, all three of them, um, but what I want, the reason why I wanted to bring it up, because Sinbad came on the Breakfast Club, and that, like, so, I, I think y'all recall, I don't know which episode it was, but I was saying how, you know, the, the comedians that they were dragging out to comment on this thing were not on Monique's level. They were not her caliber. Tony Rock, D-Ray, all these niggas like, nigga, y'all ain't never been as big or as famous as Monique in your life. Don't ask them niggas. Ask, you know, Dave and Chris, she, they bigger than Monique. Like, Dave and Chris are huge, huge superstars. Monique, I don't think, in, in, the, in, the, in the comic world, wasn't as huge as... Well, I don't, maybe at one time, but overall, I don't think she was as huge. Like, Dave and Chris are huge crossovers. I don't know how much a cross... Monique was huge in comedy, like, in the world of comedy, but, like, everybody knows Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Like, they the next level, so I don't think she's on that level, but she's on the level of a Sinbad, right? Another veteran comic, been around a long time, then done TV, then done stand-up, then done all kinds of things outside of stand-up, because the issue that I was having with people, even with Dave and Chris, you know, they kept saying stand-up, 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 like, that's all that matters, it's not all that matters, you done movies, you done had your own TV show, you done, done, you done won an Oscar, all this shit counts, y'all trying to act like you don't, 
But Sinbad went on the Breakfast Club, and he basically said that. And, and I was glad, because I'm like, finally. He said, because Charlamagne did his thing, swore Sinbad was going to say, you know, now nah, she tripping. Sinbad was like, nah, she's right. She's absolutely right. And, and the point Sinbad made was a point that myself and other people have been trying to make with this hot and not relevant. That's a bunch of bullshit. That's not all it's about. Y'all like to say that shit, and that's fine. Yeah, that's what it's about to get up to Amy's 13 million or whatever, because, yeah, you hot right now. You're making a lot of money right now. There's a bidding war right now. But that's not what it's all about, and that's not never what it's been all about. Because like Monique said, in the industry, you got to build a resume. And, and Sinbad was like, look, you can talk all that hot, and you want to stay, and you, you sold out this, and you sold out that, and you get these for tickets. That's great. But... You only been in the business 5, 10 years. A nigga that's been in the business 20, 30, 40 years like her, like Monique and Sinbad, he was like, you you got to count that. You can't say because that means they are pro. And he was like, I don't care what you say. He was like, I love Dave. Dave's a great comic. He was like, but I have been places and nobody don't want to go on stage with me or after me before me because I'm a pro. Because I have done this, I've been there, and you might be hot, and they might be coming to see you in droves, and they might be paying, but they don't mean you're a better comic than me. I'll get up there and I'll kill you. A lot, he was like, a lot of these pros, they don't want to go after me. It's Monique, same thing. Veteran comedians, and that's that's the point. It's like you cannot say that all of that shit don't matter. It does matter. It does matter. She's a pro. Because you could talk about Amy Schumer all you want to. When Amy Schumer been in this business and been successful and had the, the and builds the kind of resume that Monique has over the time that she has, that's fine. But for right now, she's just hot. And like y'all want to say, oh, Queen's comedy, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. But Monique is still in the business. Is Amy still going to be in the business? The years from the time that whatever she hot now to the next, we'll see. We'll see. So it's something to be said for longevity. It's something to be said for resume. So don't tell somebody you only offering them 500000 and all it's all about. What have you done for me lately? It's not. It's about that if you ain't, you ain't a veteran. Yeah, if you just some, oh, let's get on this nigga. Now he hot right now. He, you know, he could be gone in five years. Let's get, yeah, sure. The Charlemagne's them type nigga. Yeah, sure. But you don't say that to a veteran. You definitely, and they don't say it to the white veteran, so don't say it to the black. And Sinbad made the point, and he's, you know, he was like, he, the only thing he agreed with, disagreed with when she was talking about her decorations. I mean, whatever. I think that's a minor point. I think her point with that was, I said what I said, and y'all was laughing and joking like I was tripping, so let me just show you what I'm talking about, because I, you know, here you go right here. Here's, here's what I'm referring to, as you can see. So to get wrapped up around that, I think was a little, I mean, Whoopi ain't give a fuck. She was on The View, and Whoopi, you know, Whoopi, look, I know Whoopi has her moments, but I can't never cut Whoopi Whoopi go because I don't know, I can't, I don't know, I, I think she just defends her friends, and I think, I'm pretty sure she just defends her friends, but when she be saying the, the wild shit she be saying, but Whoopi is always good to come through with a relevant, poignant point when needed. So you can't never throw Whoopi away, and she sat there, she let Monique talk, and she listened to what she was saying, but she honed in exactly on what the issue was, and I mean, hey, you can argue Whoopi Goldberg if you want, but it ain't been too many comedians in this business as long as her, and successful as her, and done as many things as her, and is, is you know, a one name like her, so, I mean, you know, Whoopi say something, you gotta, you gotta listen, so, basically what Whoopi told her is your manager's the problem, and I know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, ain't nobody standing up for her and all that, but I'm like, um, that's not really true, People maybe not standing up for her specifically, but a, a, a lot of people made it a point to come forward and say she wasn't wrong. 
you know, maybe they didn't like her approach, but she wasn't wrong. But I did notice that the people who did comment, the Will Packers, the, um, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the director, the, the, um, dude that did Precious, director of Precious, um, I don't know, story I heard behind the scenes was, he got he got mad at her because she didn't give him credit for the Oscar, and that's when she, he started bad-mouthing her, but the point is, everybody who has who has, com, who has commented has not really mentioned her, but they have, they've not said she's the, but they said it's your husband, it's your manager, your manager is the problem, everybody has said that, okay, they said it's the manager, so, and then I listened to that Breakfast Club interview, and I, I mean, I think it is too, because he I don't know, I can't, I don't, you gotta listen to it, like, he, it, it seemed to me, it seemed to me as if Monique is getting information filtered through him, now, she said on that interview that she went into, into negotiations herself, and had, you know, left with one impression, and by the time that the offer came through was something else, and it was just when they was telling the story, whenever they would ask her for specifics, she would say, ask Sydney. now, she could have been doing that to try to, like, you know, include him, but I didn't get that impression, I got the impression that she was saying, ask Sydney because Sydney knew that, knew, she was getting her information from him, and she was like, well, rather than me repeat what he told you, let me just, and then, and when he, so when he was talking, if you listen, it was just little things that were strange, you know, the way his, I mean, it's clear that he don't know what he's doing, but like, Monique was, under, Monique had an attorney, and she said that the attorney asked her, her did, 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 did another, did the counter offer come through, and she was like, they never sent the count, and then Sydney was like, yeah, it didn't come, it never came through, just the way he was talking, I could just tell, I, I, I get the impression that he's fucking up her deals, he don't know what he's doing, he's dealing with people, and, and, and she's getting offers, and maybe things are coming through, and he's fucking it up, because the way she talked about, the way he talked about it, I just thought it was strange, you know, usually the way it works is when you really get an offer, they, 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 t- I mean, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, y'all out there that know, um, to my knowledge and in my experience, when you get an offer, like here's the firm offer, now we're going to start negotiating, it typically goes to the lawyer, maybe it'll go to the manager and also the lawyer, but typically it, it goes to the lawyer, so when Monique made the statement that the lawyer asked, well, did the deal, you know, didn't they send the counter offer, and then they was like, no, they cut off talking with us, and he was like, it never came through, he didn't say there was no counter, his wording was not there, What Monique kept saying, there was no counter offer, they said we couldn't negotiate, that's what she said, he didn't say that, he said the deal didn't come through, and I just thought it was odd, that the lawyer would be asking them about the deal, because that made it seem like there was a counter offer that the lawyer had negotiated, or the lawyer, you know, was told about, and it's gonna come through, and somewhere in between it got lost, I just thought that was odd, that the lawyer would be asking them if, a, if the offer came through, as if he was told something, and then somewhere along the way it got messed up, so I didn't want to go on that too long, but clearly it's her husband, it's the issue Whoopi told her the same thing, I read an article that said Whoopi pulled her aside I told her she need new management, D.L. Hewley said the same thing, he was like, look, if your manager is telling you that it's better for you to do these little chitless circuit plays and to take Netflix money, you need a new manager, so, but I just wanted to bring that up, because Sinbad came on, Sinbad, somebody, that's why I say, get somebody that's a veteran, don't get these little niggas that's gonna say whatever, because they gonna say whatever they gotta say to stay good with Chad and them, because they know they can't get no deals and no work, unless they, they, you know, favorite Negro, so they're not gonna say nothing to 
up to upset that. So I was like, nah, get somebody that's get somebody that's in it a long time and see what they say. And Sinbad was like, nah, she's absolutely right. That's crazy. They bugging and ain't all that. It's it's hot and it's tickets. That's nonsense. Netflix throws money around and they could have gave her three five. I mean, she's worth three five million dollars. That five hundred thousand is ridiculous. And and all and and Charlemagne kept trying to you know then all of a sudden he was like well yeah you know all of a sudden because Sinbad saying the nigga don't like black women the nigga uh, bought Tommy Lauren and anytime it's a white woman up there he be giggling and chuckling whatever this shit is obvious all right off that on to this new co- DJ Khaled Khaled song with uh, Future Jay Z and Beyonce look the shit was trash the shit was trash. Khaled is hit and miss with me. I mean, he put out he put out wild thoughts with Rihanna, but you know, I don't know. Rihanna and I never gonna be on no trash song. Rihanna and I never gonna let you put out no trash shit that she's a part of. She just not. So, you know, I don't know if that song was more her or more Khaled or combination. But I just know Rihanna not gonna let you put out no whack shit, no lazy shit, no dumb sounding shit with her name on it. She's just not. This song is trash. Um, I don't, I've never known what y'all see in future, I, 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 I don't get it, the beat was horrible, I, I mean, it, took, it was just a boring song, I don't want no more music from the Carters, only two songs they gotta like is Drunk in Love, Crazy in Love, all that shit is, it's corny, it's lazy, it's unimaginative, I don't like it, how many times can you talk about your Maybachs and your money, we get it, like, be interesting, or just go the fuck away, or do movies, whatever you wanna do, like, Jay is my rap god, that's my favorite rapper, he's the GOAT, but like, I'm, t- I'm really... I'm, I don't want to hear these uninspired meth raps. You put out 444, and you showed us you still got it, and now you, you know, it was like a lazy dot. If you're going to do a song with these these people, in other words, if you're going to have JB in, 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 on the track, make it be fly or just don't bother with it, man. Like, that shit was like a dialed-in, uh, here you go, verse they threw on there, like the top off the made. Like, come on, man. I don't want to hear that shit. I mean, I, I like when Beyonce talks that shit, but, like, it's not, come on, man. We tired, like... Y'all gotta do something new. It's just, I don't want to hear about, you know, I'm tired of hearing about you and Jay-Z and y'all relationship and who tried it. Like, it's tired. It's, it's tired and it's through. Just, I, I, I didn't like it. Okay, moving on. So, I never mentioned y'all before. Random, I started watching 600 Pound Life on TLC. I don't know how I was flipping through and I just caught it and it's like a train wreck. I could not take my eyes off of it. So, I've been watching it. And, um, I know uh, apparently a lot of people watch it, but la- the, the episode this week, though, dude died. The dude on the episode died. Because, like, when, you know, they, the people usually be 500, 600, huge. Like, huge people, they got to lose weight. That's the premise of the show. So they come in. Dr. Now is like, that's his specialty. And you got to get, in order, they want to have the um the bypass surgery or whatever. But in order to even do that, you got to meet a safe weight. So usually they come in and he puts them on a diet and it's the whole thing. Most of, you know, you're supposed to lose a certain amount of weight. And the people, I mean, you got to imagine that people to get up to 500, 600 pounds, they not, you know, something is, they're not processing something. They have other, they have other issues, right? You don't get to 500, 600 pounds because you're a normal, healthy process, deal with things well, individual, right? So all of them have problems and it typically comes out. But Dr. Now, I love the show because he is he's not for the bullshit. They niggas try every excuse in the world and he just be like, Look, you know how many patients I see come through here. Y'all all say the same thing. Y'all all got the they, I'll get you some, you know, you can talk to a therapist to deal with whatever it is. Cause they all got issues. Sometimes, you know, somebody died, somebody molested them, whatever. They all it's always some underlying issue that's causing this. And he, you know, gets you therapy and all that. He was like, But I'm not all this 
look, if you follow my diet, you will lose the weight. If you do what I tell you to do, you will lose the weight. You're not losing the weight. I ain't trying to hear all that you're saying. I love him. Like, he don't take no bullshit. He be like, yeah, you're trying to manipulate me. I heard all this before. You're not the first one in. Great show. So this dude on Wednesday, though, was 842 pounds. 842 pounds pounds, dude was so big when he laid out on the bed, he just spread out like water, you know like when you play water in a container, water just take the shape or whatever that's how big this dude was, this dude had two, um I don't know, fat gobs or I don't know what you call them hanging off both sides of him one of them, so they took one of them off on the show, that joint was 40 pounds just this flab of one side he had hanging, so he had his gut, he had two of these joints, so he had probably a hundred pounds just hanging off the sides of him and like this extra fat, when he laid down it like sprayed out, like the fat just ain't had nowhere else to go, so it sprayed out, it was, you gotta see it so, he was from Jersey they drove down from Jersey the whole time they driving, this dude well no, first they show him at the house with his mom right, and his, and his fiance the, they, they eating dinner, this dude is 842 pounds, they dinner consists of box fried chicken, fried like all fried food, I ain't see a vegetable, I ain't see nothing cooked on the stove, it was just all, everything was fried, processed food, this nigga's 842 pounds, y'all, y'all feeding him fried chicken so she, the, the fiance I mean he's huge, she can't do nothing for him, he move on the wheelchair, she gotta put a mattress in the back of the van, and he just take him down, so they drive from Jersey to Houston that's a long drive, down there in the van they staying in, a, in, in hotels, they gotta call ahead to make sure it's a handicap room cause they need a bed big enough for his ass um, you know, she was like yo, you know, if he falls down I don't know what we gonna do, cause I can't get him up so he did fall down on the trip, they had to call paramedics to get him off the floor, because he can't get off the floor, she can't get him off the floor, because he's 800 pounds, so they gotta call paramedics to get his ass off the floor, so they get down to Houston, so they get to Houston, and the doctor now asks him all the medications he's on, this chick starts listing, I wanna say she listed 8, 9, 10 medications, every single medication that she listed was a painkiller, or opioid, dope, basically, right, Dr. Now was like, he looked shocked, he was like, yo, I have never in my life encountered a patient that's on this many medications, this many oh, this many painkillers, and I'm a little bit concerned, like, his, his situation is very precarious, and just all through the show, he kept telling him that, he was like, yo, because first the dude was doing what he was supposed to do, you know, he was working out, he was walking, all of that, he was doing it, so he went down from the 8 to, like, um, low 500s, right, but that's how big he was, like, he lost 300-some pounds, but he still was like, I mean, sorry, two two and some chains, but it still was five hundred pounds. Like that's how big he was, right? So, but then all of a sudden, so then, so so, and and in this process, the doctors weaning him off of these of these pain meds. So so he got down to the point where he could have the first surgery to get the. Remember, I told you he had the two fat flaps hanging off to get one of the flaps removed. They could only do one because the doctor was like, "You have been on these pain meds for three four years. Your your body is in terrible shape. All your organs are deteriorated." He was like, "You." He was like, "Your body would be taxed already because you're so heavy, so your heart and all that." But he was like the combination of you just being fat and all the drugs, like, you, you, you're very close to death, like, he basically was like, I'm surprised you're still alive, like, you might not even survive the surgery, and they had to rush through the surgery, because they was like, he, he might not wake up, so he survived that part, so then, um, so now he's weaning him off the medication, and dude's like, I don't know how far out of surgery, I guess a month or two out of surgery, he's like, doctor, I need surgery for the pain, and again, doctor now don't play around, doctor now was like, listen, 
this medication that you're on, such and such, do you know that's highly addictive? He like, no. Nah. He's like, okay, well, it's highly addictive. Um, and, you know, you don't need that medication. I'm weaning you off. Part of your problem is you're addicted to these to all these painkillers, and that's not helping you. He said, you know, I... Oh, no, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. He was like, listen, I do this all the time. There's no patient that is in pain this far away from surgery. You've been out of surgery for four months. You're not still in pain, right? He was just like, cut the shit. Again, he said to him, he was like, I don't think you appreciate how precarious your situation is. You are are in, you know, you are in very... um, a life or death struggle right now. You might not be aware you've lost, you know, weight, but you're still like danger. Like you, 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 you're very, um, you know, close to death. So it goes on, it goes on him and his, you know, the white, the fiance is like, you're not doing that. You know, they sniping back and forth and he's like, whatever. Um, but I mean, he's not doing, he's not like eating bad again. He's following the diet, but he's just not doing, he's not getting up. He's not walking. He's not doing his stuff. He's just like, not, so they go to commercial break after that, and when they come back in the commercial break, they like, yo, last night or whatever night, Rob started experiencing stress in the middle of the night, suffered a heart attack, took him to call the ambulance, took him to the hospital. They were not able to revive him. He died. Dude died on the show. I was like, whoa, I never seen it when they die. Usually, usually the worst that happens, like last week they had a lady, she wasn't doing nothing. He kicked her off the program. Because Dr. Now, he'll be like, look, you got a little, you got a certain amount of time to get together, but if you're not, you know, I can't do, if you're not going to do what I say, I can't do nothing for you. So he'll put them off the program. Like when you're ready to come back, I'll, you can come back, but like, we're not going to waste time here. If you're not going to do the exercise, you're not going to change the diet, you're not going to lose the weight. Why are you here? Right? So he puts them out. I've seen that, but this dude died on the program. So, and Dr. Now, he was like, listen, you know, I, I, I'm surprised he made it here. I thought, you know, really the condition he was in, he had to be very strong because he really should have been dead. That he was on, he was on basically old poise for three, four years. His organs were deteriorating. We even had to go in to make sure that he wasn't going to get sepsis because usually when you're on this amount of old poise for this long, it starts eating away at your organs. He died. I was just like in shock. So they showed the funeral and everything, but you know, it's a good show, like, it's, I, I ain't gonna tell y'all to watch it, because if you don't watch it, you'll watch it, you'll get hooked, like, I, it's like a train wreck, I can't look away, and the thing that you notice about it is usually, it's usually an innate, like, always, it's an enabler, and that's what Do- Dr. Now says, he's like, yeah, these people don't get these big on their own, they're having an enabler, and it's always somebody, a boy, this, the one, the lady that got kicked out, she was trading sexual favors for food, Dude ain't want to bring her food. He like, well, she's like, well, if you want, you want what you want. You better bring me the food, which is disgusting because she was like seven hundred pounds. So, dude, like, what is it that you want? Like, ugh. <laughs> she was so big that she had maggots in the fold of her skin. So you fucking on that? Okay, ugh, ugh. But anyway, yeah, nigga, don't be eight hundred pounds with me. I'm not bringing you nothing but celery sticks and carrots. Like, what you gonna do? They can't even get up out the bed. She was like, oh, well, I'm gonna knock you out. Are you? Are you, sis? Because you can't even sit up. I don't know how you're gonna knock me out. What you gonna do? Get mad? Get mad? Probably burn calories. Okay. I'm, I'm not bringing you food. Like, this one um, lady, she had her girlfriend breaking her potatoes and going to Taco Bell. This just, she was in bed with like three whole pizzas eating them. So she went and told her to get some Taco Bell and like wanted all this extra, saw extra shit. And so the, the girl, whatever extra one thing she ain't want, she, she, she gets on the phone with Taco Bell. Um, I told y'all to put extra sauce in my drink. Like, dog, like, ugh. these people be ridiculous. So, yeah, please, like, 600 pound life will have you stuck. All right. So, oh, so let's move off that. 
So I want to give y'all, you know, every now and then I give y'all some recommendations. So on um, Netflix, and I haven't, I know, I know Chris Rock's Tambourine Special is up. I have not watched that yet because I got to be honest, like a lot of the comedy specials, including Dave's, it's like been, eh. Like I know y'all like Dave. I like Dave too, but I just don't think he's super hilarious. I think he's very smart and a clever comic, but. I don't think he's super, like, he don't make me laugh, laugh. Like, Eddie Murphy made me laugh, laugh. Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Early Martin, they made me laugh, laugh. Dave don't make me laugh, laugh. He makes me laugh sometimes, and I and I recognize he's he's intelligent, but, I mean, it's special. I didn't like the first one too much. The other ones were better, you know, but, um, you know, I don't know. A lot of them don't be that great. So I haven't watched Tris Rocks only because I'm afraid because I watched Cats, Cats one of my favorite, and it was meh, like I told y'all before, I'm af- I'm just afraid Chris's is going to be medium, mild, weak sauce, and then I'm going to be mad, so I'm like, I'm just, I don't know, I haven't heard too many reviews about it, I haven't too many people saying it was hilarious, I'm just afraid to watch it, because Chris Rock is my favorite, and I don't want to watch some medium um, Netflix special, and just be like, man, ugh, this one was me too, medium too, so I haven't watched it yet, but, what I have watched on Netflix is a new series on there from Regina King. And you know what? Somebody needs to give Regina King her flowers because I don't think she stopped being in entertainment uh, since 227. She was 12 years old, and she's been going ever since. And um, she does quality work, and she's been in quality stuff. And now she has a series on Netflix called Seven Seconds. I started watching it last night. I think I'm up to episode three or four. It is excellent. It is outstanding. It's, I'm going to go ahead and say it's one of the best series on Netflix. I told y'all before, a lot of them Netflix series, y'all be giving them four or five stars. They don't be that good. They be okay. You know, but seven seconds really good. It's um. So the premise of the story is, um, uh, she's, what is she? Uh, I don't know what her occupation is. I think she's a teacher. She's a teacher. That's right, my bad. Or so, she works in education. She's an educator. I'm not sure she's a teacher, principal, or something. And um, her son gets hit by a cop, so a cop is driving home on the, on the, um, and he's talking on the cell phone, he's in Jersey on some road, talking on the cell phone, not paying attention in the snow, hits her son, um, he, instead of calling the ambulance, he calls his cop's buddies, like, yo, he don't, but when he hit it, he, he didn't realize that he, that he hit a, that he hit something, and then he got out the car, checked himself, saw the bike, that's when he realized it, but he didn't, he looked around, he didn't see the body, um, so he calls his other cop friends, they come, they walk around, they discover the body, so they immediately get the covering up and they're like, yo, he's dead. There's nothing you can do for him. He's dead, whatever. So it turns out that he wasn't dead. And um, a dog, somebody walking their dog found him. So um, it's Regina King's son. And I told you, I'm only up to episode three or four, but the cops are, you know, covering up. They're trying to look for who, who um, you know, what happened and who killed this boy, who hit this boy, hit and run. And it's just really, and the um, DA and the detective that are working, so the DA is black. The detective is like some white attire. It's a it's a it's a um good cast. It's like a mixed cast. It's very good. It's it's really good. Like I'm only three four episodes in, and I'm already invested. Like when I get off here, I'm going you know watch the rest. It's really good. Seven seconds on Netflix. So, um, real quick, shout out to Rick Ross. Um, you know TMZ reported that you know he was found non-responsive, got rushed to the hospital, and was on um something like life support. And nigga, like 
Y'all ever, y'all ever, niggas like jump, ever since Michael, ever since Michael Jackson died, TMZ been on point with the celebrity news, and every time they announce something, it's a certain set of niggas that like, try to say that TMZ don't know what they're talking about, and I don't know why, because they're always right, y'all did it with the Lil Wayne thing, they said Lil Wayne was dead, they never said that Lil Wayne was dead, what they said was, he was red last rights, red last rights don't mean that you're dead, it means that you have reached a precarious situation, and the doctors say to your family, look, we don't know, he might make it, he might make, he might not, but it's not looking good right now, so if you want to do last rites, do last rites, because we don't know, don't mean a person's dead, what you really show is that you lack reading skills because what they said with Rick Ross was that, they didn't say he was on life support life support means there's, the only thing keeping you alive is these machines, if you turn the machine off, you're going to die, they didn't say that what they said was he was on something like life support, because what I read was that he's on a machine his heart and his lungs are not functioning by themselves, so he's on a machine don't mean he's brain dead, life support is usually when you're brain dead, your brain has died which all, you know, ceased all function you're not there, and so you're on the only thing, the only thing keeping you alive is these machines this said something like life support and other, they're saying that his heart and his lungs are not functioning, he's on the machine, I mean that's dire that's dire straits, if your heart and your lungs cannot function without machines, you're in bad shape but, I mean, I guess that's not, I mean, but that's not the same as being brain dead, right, like I don't know if you could talk or whatever, maybe you can, maybe you can't but that's not the same as your brain, when your brain dies your entire body ceases its function and the only thing keeping you alive, this may, this was like his heart, the machines are doing the work of his heart and his lungs, same like when you go on dialysis a machine is doing the work of your kidney so, they did not say he was on life support, they said he was on something like life support, and everybody running, hey, I, I talked to Rick Ross's um, close friends, and he's not on life support, he's fine, he's not fine, because he was rushed to the hospital, unresponsive, and he's on a machine to keep his heart and his lungs running, so he's not fine, but, you know, I just, I just, I don't get that, like, y'all always just be so, I don't understand the point of lying about a person, first of all, first of all, y'all need to stop calling these quote finger seizures, that these rappers drinking this fucking lean, which is basically dope, which is basically fucking pure heroin, drinking that, stop calling that shit seizures, it's not a seizure, they're ODing they're, excuse me sorry, they're ODing on this shit and I don't know if one of the effects of ODing is seizures, but you, that's like saying somebody fell, somebody falls out on heroin and you say, oh, they're in respiratory failure yeah, it, technically they are in respiratory failure they're in respiratory failure because they fall out on heroin that's what heroin does, it shuts down your respiratory system and you die, so stop calling them seizures they're ODs, and I know, like dog, I grew up in the crack era, okay, I grew up in Reaganomics alright, I came up in the 80s and 90s when shit was bad, I saw a lot of shit y'all out here, these new niggas, this new shit, playing with these drugs, taking these pills, and all that shit is not cool, that shit has never been cool, back in the 60s, Janis Joplin, and all them Brock was, was dying, and in the 90s, we had all them heroin overdose, like, I don't know what it's gonna take for y'all to understand the drugs are not cute, and they not, it's, it's not, you either gonna end up dead or all fucked up, like, Rick James had bitches tied up in the fucking dungeon, burning them with crack pipes, like, the shit is not hot, I don't know why y'all think this lean and Molly Percocet and all this shit, that shit is not cool, that shit gonna leave y'all with mush for brains, or dead, and y'all gonna be on motherfucking behind the music, ten years from now, whatever the fuck happened to them, or or strung out somewhere junkies, alright, it's not cool, so, stop saying seizures, say what it is, these niggas are ODing on codeine and promethazine and all this other shit that they are taking like, cut the shit, like that shit ain't cool, I don't know why y'all think that shit is hot I don't know why y'all wanna go back to that, yo, ask anybody that lived through the crack era, that shit is not cool man, and shit we, like 
Oh my god, I could do a whole podcast just on that. Like, yo, niggas like getting dick sucked in the middle of the street because because chicks was just so strung out on crack that they do whatever and they get like two dollars for that. I see um d- niggas shitting on crackheads like, yo, I mean shit on your head for like a free rock. You know what I mean? Proce- like, yo, shit was horrible. Shit was night. That song from um Public Enemy Public Enemy Night of Living Basehead. Shit was really like that. Like. Broad daylight, coming home from school, you seeing all kind of shit. Just, it's not cool, and, and it's not. It's either gonna lead to you gonna be burnt out or you gonna be dead. So, you know, I don't know why y'all insist on lying and trying to PR shit. The nigga fucking OD'd on some drugs. That's what y'all need to say so these kids can stop seeing a sweet and stop popping these pills and the Xanny and the perks and all that shit is not cool. So anyway, I hope he pulled through, but like. I don't know what it's gonna take for, like, y'all to stop that shit. Um, so then I wanted to mention quickly, so over the past week, a few companies have taken it upon themselves since the government don't want to act to divest themselves of the NRA because, you know, not because they give a fuck, but because, in my opinion, not because they give a fuck, but because they see that the tide is turning and it's it's, it's a reputational risk at this point because of the pressure these kids is putting on their necks with this marching, you know, when it was the Black Lives Matter, ain't nobody care, I, you know, but now it's little white suburban middle class kids, and it's like, oh shit, and I mean, no knock on them, because shout out to them for doing this, but like, I just, you know, if you can't see who gets attention and who doesn't, then, you know, you're not woke, but, so a lot of individual companies are, you know, taking it upon themselves to divest in the NRA, and the thing I want to say about that is like, and I tweeted this, it's like, I don't understand how to, like, people talk about the NRA like it's a branch of government. They they not. They a fucking National Rifle Association is a a fucking gun club. Like, the only reason they're relevant is because they feed money to politicians and politicians take their money. All you gotta do to to get rid of their influence is stop taking their money. Like, tobacco used to be a huge lobby also. Like, until it came out that their product was causing cancer, now they strict in regulation and gotta put words on the box and all that, like, it ain't hard, like, I hate the way people act like the NRA is just like this immovable force, this insurmountable thing, it's not, all you gotta do is stop taking their money, they don't have no influence, like, they like the nigga on Twitter with 200 followers thinking they pushing the culture, like, you don't, you don't like, who are you, the, they have no nothing to do with the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is guaranteed in the Constitution, like the, and the and the laws and the courts have sorted that out. National Rifle Association don't have nothing to do with that. They just fucking a lobby for gun makers who are just trying to make money. Same thing as pharmaceutical companies. Like I hate the way this conversation is framed, as if the NRA is deserving of all this respect and all this deference and oh you know well, I don't know we can't gun Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is the Second Amendment. It ain't got nothing to do with the NRA. They're only powerful because you're in their fucking pocket because you're bought and sold by the NRA to push what the fuck they want to say. There ain't no logic to that. You're not making no sense. There ain't no issue with getting rid of You can get rid of them niggas tomorrow like these corporations are doing. Now, all of a sudden, y'all don't want to do business because it's a reputational risk. It wasn't nothing stopping y'all from doing business before. It's just getting too hot now. And now, you know, the tide is turning and these kids got their foot in your neck so now y'all want to act like y'all doing the right thing. Y'all could have been doing the right thing. Like, Remington went out of business because... Guns and listen, y'all know I'm a marine. I'm a shooter. 
I, I don't, I'm not afraid of guns, I, I own guns, I will always own guns, I believe in the Second Amendment, I don't, I don't, you know, but I mean, nobody trying to take your guns away, but I think, you know, mental Ill, mentally ill people shouldn't own guns, fucking people who have, on record, as threatening other people shouldn't own guns, like, it's, it's, it's restrictions you can put, and, you know, as a Marine, I really don't see a need for a civilian to have a, a y'all call them, AR-15s, I call them M-16, same gun, and and then we carry M-16s, and then we carry M-4s, which is basically a, a M-16 with the barrel shaved off, it's just, just a smaller version, and then we carry, you know, 9mm or whatever, um, I don't, you not, you don't need an M-16 to hunt, you don't, you can have a regular rifle, Remington or, you know, whatever, regular shotgun, regular rifle, whatever it is, like, you don't need, you don't need a, a semi-automatic weapon, and, like, I don't think people really realize, like, gun, having a gun is, you know, the, the, in other words, what I'm trying to say, people who are, who are just, who stockpile guns and just carry guns so they can feel safe and so they can, they the last nigga that should have a gun, like, when we was in overseas, I was well aware that I had the guns I had, I was well aware that I had these weapons, and I was well aware of what would happen if I had to use them, I wasn't just pulling my gun on anybody, I wasn't just walking, I mean, they see them, they know we got weapons, they know we're, able, but like, I wasn't, it didn't, I didn't feel the need to like, um, bully anybody, or make it known that I had guns and would shoot them, they knew that, obviously, you know, that's what they're there for, so these people who like, feel secure, oh, well, I, I, I gotta feel safe in my home, they, you don't, you don't need a gun, number one, because that's, if if you're so paranoid that you can't your locks on your house, your your security system, your your dog or whatever, all the things you can do to make yourself safe, that ain't enough unless you got a fucking AR fifteen and fucking Uzi flamethrower in your house to feel safe. It's something wrong. Like you you the problem. It ain't it ain't it ain't like what are you trying to hide from? You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's you the problem. So um and I and, and I don't think people realize like to be good, to have a, like, I can shoot, I, I, I'm gonna let you know, like, right now, if I went to the rifle range right now, I wouldn't need, like, a shoot, uh, cause you gotta, you know, you gotta stay, um, current, but, like, I would need, like, a little practice to get on point, but I can shoot, like, Marines typically can shoot, but I got a real high score, I can shoot, like, I, I can take a rifle, anybody know about shooting, I can take a rifle, I can put a shot on the target, and if it's not right on the target, I can figure out, okay, I'm a little left, I can adjust my rifle and get it right back in the middle on one shot, I'm good, I can shoot, most Marines are good like that, because Marine Corps, the thing that, every Marine Corps is a rifleman first, we started out as, as naval infantry, that's what the Marine Corps was bound on. Basically, we were the ones that protected the Navy. So when when you were on a naval ship, Marines were the ones that sat up in the top with the rifles and when pirates loaded and we shot pirates. That's what we did. That's originally what the Marine Corps in the US was stood up for. So every Marine, I don't care what you do, you are a rifleman first. Rifle range at the, at uh Marine Corps boot camp is three weeks, and the first week is just, you don't even touch your rifle, you just learn about safety, you learn how to clean it, you learn how all the parts, you learn how to break it down, you learn how to put it back together, you don't really start even shooting until the end of the second week, and then you got a whole week to qualify, and it's, you know, you can get the, they call it the pizza box, which is the minimum level, sharpshooter, which is the middle, and then expert, which is the most. I missed expert by one point, the reason I missed it by one point is because the rifle that I had was, um, broken, and so, 
again, like if you know anything about if you know an M16, you, um, there's settings on the rifle, right? So you you zero you call it will call zero to rifle out, and that's how you get um, straight down the middle. So if you aim it properly, it'll go straight down the middle. But you do that with settings. Well, the setting on my rifle was off. So when I'm turn, I was I shot the first shot, and it was a little bit outside. The, um, where I wanted it to, so when I turned, I did, I adjusted it, and I did the second shot, and it didn't move over, so I lost that point, because the rifle, so the, I called the drill instructor over, and I was like, hey, the rifle broke, he like, well, how you know it's broke, I'm like, sir, it's, it's broke, I, I can shoot, so he looked, and he took it, he's an infantry dude, and he did the same thing, he was like, you're right, it's broke, so that one shot, the second shot, that I didn't adjust from the first one, I missed expert by that, but I can shoot, so I had to go get another rifle, fix sightings, and I then I got it to where I needed to be, and boom, I shot to win in one point of expert that one shot because they don't get you don't get the shot back like you only get you only get a certain number of rounds to qualify. They can't give it, can't give it to you back. So I missed my one point. Whatever. Point is I can shoot, and the point is it takes a lot of practice. You, you people think they can get their gun, take that little course they give you at the thing. That little course, most people can't even hit the side of a barn. That's why most, they say, most gun owners are, they have guns in their house are killed by their own weapon, because you can't shoot. You can't fucking shoot, so whoever you shooting at gets you, take your gun, kills you. So, you don't need a gun. You know what I mean? Because most people are not going to do the training that it needs. Like, you can't just, cops, same thing with the whole shooting thing, with the school, with the school thing, people were like, yo, why didn't sheriff department, they just rush in, number one, I don't know their protocol, a lot of sheriff departments have protocols, and they tell you, hey, if it's a live shooter or whatever, you can't get, or if you can't locate the shooter, you're just a patrol officer, yo, you gotta call and wait for SWAT, which is special weapons and tactics, them the dudes that practice that shit going in, y'all think these patrol cops got a lot more training than they do, them niggas qual once, maybe twice a year, they, they not great shots, like most of them can't hit the side of a barn, they don't, they not nowhere near like people that are in the military, like you really gotta know how to shoot and you gotta qual and you gotta practice to stay good, average person get their little gun, they do a little target shooting, guess what, targets don't move targets don't move, targets don't approach you targets don't shoot back, and even with that most of y'all can't hit the bull, can't hit the bullseye, cause y'all don't know how to shoot so, you know it's, it's, it's it's, it's not, it's not, y'all don't need all these big guns, most of y'all don't need no guns I'm not going to tell somebody they can't have a gun in their house, though, because I'll certainly have one in mine, because, you know, I can shoot. <laughs> you know I mean? You're not going to get my gun away from me and shoot me. You know what I mean? But y'all don't keep them in a the safe. Y'all think it's a toy. Y'all, you know, again, you're not trained properly, so you're firing all over the place. Like, NRA, the NRA got to go, and it's not hard to get rid of them. All you got to do is stop taking their money, cut the shit. But... You know, I just think it's funny that these companies now all of a sudden, oh, well, we're not going to, basically they're starting to do stuff that Congress refuses to do, but they're doing it like everybody giving them a clap on the back, and I'm like, eh, they could have been did that shit, like, this is the what, this is the what shooting, and then there's another one since then, some dude at Michigan State, like yesterday, like, these shootings occur so often that we don't even respond to it, and, and a lot of this shit that like, oh, the bump stocks, they don't do nothing. That don't do nothing, and you can always uh, M16 is not a is not an automatic rifle. It's a semi-automatic, but I know how to make it automatic. Anybody that knows it, you learn. I mean, they don't teach you. I mean, they show you in boot camp how again because you learn for a week. You learn everything about the gun. You learn safety. You learn the gun, and so in that you learn. Okay, this is semi-automatic because of this. So. Okay, so if you turn that off, it makes it automatic. Like, you learn it. They don't necessarily say that, but you learn it. So, I can take an M16, which is semi-automatic. If y'all don't know what that means, 
automatic weapon means that when you pull the trigger, rounds will continue to come out of that gun. Bang, 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 bang. As long as you hold that trigger. You don't have to do anything. You just hold the trigger. Blah, 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 blah. Machine guns. Automatic fire. Blah, 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 blah. Let your finger off the trigger. It stops. Pull your finger back at your blah, 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 blah. It'll just keep going. That's an automatic weapon. Semi-automatic weapon means if you pull the trigger on an M16, two shots come out. Pull the trigger, pop, pop. You gotta let go of the trigger, pull your finger again, pop, pop, two shots. Let go, pop, pop. It's semi-automatic. If you hold that trigger down, it won't continue to fire. It'll fire, pop, pop, those two rounds, and it'll stop. You gotta press trigger again, pop, pop, two rounds. That's semi-automatic. That's what an M16 is. People like automatic. No, M16 is not automatic. You can make it automatic. One of the ways is with a bump stock. But that, again... That's not the issue. The bump stocks and the round, the clip round, that's, that's, I'll get around that easy. I, I just buy more clips. Like, you know what I mean? Somebody that can shoot, none, none of those little rules that they're trying to in, enforce are going to do anything. You give me an N16, I can make that shit automatic. You tell me I can only have certain amount of clips, I know how to get more bullets in that gun. I'll get a new clip, I'll tape two clips together, I'll, I'll, it's things I can do, if I want to fire that gun automatic, none, none of that sh- little dumb shit you're doing is going to stop me it'll stop, maybe somebody don't really know too much about guns, shouldn't have one anyway, but somebody a, a, a marine, uh, uh, anybody in the military that's fire guns and, uh, you know, anybody that knows about guns it's not going to stop them You know, you, I, I know my way around this weapon, I know how to put I know how to take the shit apart, I know how to put it together, I know how it works none of that shit is going to stop me, right? Um. so you know, I just, it's, it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I guess it's good, I mean, I guess these companies, whatever their motivation, it's good that they're doing it, but, like, really, we need, like, we need gun control in this country, like, we need to, we need a law, I mean, come on, man, you, they got laws on driver's licenses, they got law, who could drive a car, um, who could open a, a foster care, you know what I mean, like, Everything is regulated. I don't know why we acting like you know. If we just put these laws on on guns, it's, it's just like such a, a, a um you know a problem. Or oh well, it doesn't matter. We don't need to pass laws because we can't stop people. We can't stop nobody from doing nothing. But drugs are illegal. Um, you know, prostitution is illegal. Gambling is illegal. People still do it, but you know they got to go out of their way to do it. And if they get caught, they go to jail. So you know, if that's the case, then don't pass no law. Like it's just so disingenuous. Is my whole point. We we know you're not making real points. We know that you're in the pocket of the NRA, and you're gonna say whatever you have to say because you want their money. And all you got to do is stop doing that, and shit will change tomorrow. Like tobacco used to be huge industry till it wasn't. And I don't know if anybody watches Mad Men, but if you watch Mad Men, there's a good, they do a good, um, they show that, they, sh- they show that, what, the, the t- what happened with the big tobacco, great, because one of the um, companies that the ad agency had was tobacco, and they, and they showed in the 60s when they started doing these studies, anyway, it shows how the tobacco um, company used to be huge, and how they came to be what it is now, where it's not so much, and they also did it on the airlines, the airlines were another one, so a lot of regulations and stuff you have now is because of shit that happened with the airlines, so, same thing, just throw that in there, like, Mad Men's an excellent show, but if you watch it, they they, they show, they do a good job of, of um, showing what happened with Big Tobacco. Alright, so, move on to the, so I recommended y'all the podcast, Atlanta Monster, and I told, I gave y'all my rundown, and I've been talking to a few of y'all on Twitter, and you know, if you know anything about, so it's a, a podcast about the Atlanta child murders, and if you know anything about the Atlanta child murders, you know there's a lot of people who think Wayne Williams is innocent and all this conspiracy, and I told you I'm not one of those, um, and I'm still not one of those. Um, and then with each episode that passes, um, I get more um, absolute in my belief, because 
just nothing he says is credible. And and listen, you know, um, conspiracy theories. It's not that I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I mean, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. It's not that I don't believe in the possibility of conspiracy. People carry off conspiracies all the time. You know how we know? Because they get caught, right? <laughs> all the, like huge conspiracies get caught. The shit with Trump right now, we in the middle of finding out, you know, the dominoes are starting to tumble. Like people get caught because people are not nearly as clever, as clandestine, as secret as they think. Niggas talk, B. Niggas tell people shit, right? So I just... And, 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 and there's a theory, I forgot what it's called, but I believe it. It's like, the, when, the, when an event occurs, right, you, you can have a, a conspiracy, like 9-11, whatever, conspiracy theories pop up against, around things, right? These events, right? The moon landing, all that. It's all these conspiracies. But when you have a vast number of conspiracies around one event, that in, in, in and of itself is proof that there's no conspiracy, right? So like, for instance, the JFK assassination. Now, I've, I personally believe and have always believed that the mob killed Kennedy. And if you, if you look at, if you know the history and if you read things and if you really know the history of the country and what was going on at that time, and there's been, you know, again, I told you I had a law professor who um, represented um, Sam Giancana, and I, I just believe what he told us, and he told us the mob did it, and it's just, all roads lead to the mob, like, if you know anything about the country and the history and the players at that time, but there's people who believe, oh, it was the CIA, it was the government, and it was all this and all that, I don't, because those conspiracies, they just don't make any sense, right, it, 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 the, the one that does make sense, that has facts to back it, that you can trace timelines, that you can connect people, Jack Ruby was a mob associate, um, you know, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald knew a lot of my, it's just, I believe that the mob killed Kennedy. I don't believe in the government conspiracy. I don't believe it's connected to Area 51. The point I'm trying to make is when you, when you have all these wild conspiracies and everyone is different, oh, no, it was the cops, or oh, no, it was the Klan, or oh, no, it was the, the known homosexual ring, or, oh, no, because Wayne was in the CIA. That's how you know that there's no conspiracy, because it's like, yo, dog, it can't, it could be one or it could be the other. It can't be all of these. So if it's a conspiracy, it got to be one thing. It got to let me know what this is. Okay, Trump, his son, his son-in-law, his daughter, and his people colluded with Russia because they didn't think they were going to win and they wanted deals and they made all these deals and they were so sloppy because they didn't think. That's a conspiracy with facts and, and occurrences that back it. Okay, boom, that's one. But if you start off from that, no, 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 no. They did it because, you know, um... 9-11, and Trump was really at not, you, you know what I'm saying, once you start going into, and this guy when that's when you know, alright, y'all are bugging, and Atlanta Monster's the same thing, I kept saying, like, yo, you have to explain to me why, once they stop Wayne Williams on that bridge, to killing, the pattern of killings that fit the child killing stop, now I said before, and, and not just for Wayne Williams and a lot of investigations, Ted Bundy is another one, John Wayne Gacy is another one, there's a lot of, there was a, well, John Wayne Gacy was the one that killed a lot of boys and they found the bodies in his crawl space, they found a lot of bodies in John, John Wayne Gacy, found about 30 in John Wayne Gacy's crawl space, so he killed a lot of boys, but there were some other murders of missing boys, oh, you know, oh, probably John Wayne Gacy, they just put him on, they do that, just to close cases, I understand, so I, 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 that may have been done with Wayne also like some of those boys maybe he didn't kill but to jump from that to he didn't kill none of them I don't believe it because again 
you stopped them on that bridge and that pattern of things, that pattern of killings that fit the Atlanta child murder stopped. And then you want to say, okay, well, there was no splash and that body was already there. Okay, but they were they they were staking out every body of water for months. So you want me to believe that Wayne Williams came on the bridge because we know he was on the bridge because that's where he was stopped. We know that occurred. So he didn't throw a body over. There was no splash. That body was already there. Okay, so Wayne Williams just happened to be on this bridge where a body was found, but he didn't drop the body. Somebody else put that body there. So they staking out this bridge for months, waiting for some, waiting for somebody to drop or bring a body. So somebody, some super sleuth, sleuth motherfucker, snuck in, put that body there, and walked out of the stakeout. And they didn't see him, but they saw Wayne. It, it don't, you know what I mean? It don't make sense. They were staked out at all the bridges. It was the last night. They were about to wrap it up. Here comes Wayne. So uh, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> he drove a blue car, the, the, the kids described the blue car, they talk about what his car, his home car was white, but his work car was blue, he fit the description, you know what I'm saying, like, you're gonna have to, in all these years, in all these years since, there has been no body who has come forth, who, with uh, information, hey, it's people that came forth with stories, conspiracies, well, I heard another kid, but it's nothing concrete, alright, let me talk to that kid, let me see, let me hear the kid, it's, it's all these rumors, and innuendos, and well, I heard somebody said this, and you know, y'all black, I'm sorry if y'all listening, y'all not black, black people tend to be prone to conspiracy theories, and they'll tell, you know, they heard this, and they heard that, and by the time the eighth person told the story, it then turned into a whole nother thing, like, I know niggas, right, and when you listen to that podcast, I'm like, okay, this is nigga shit, this, you go around the neighborhood, and this is what niggas do, they tell stories, they want to add, oh, I heard, blah, 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 I don't believe it, it, it doesn't make any sense, you're going to tell me in all this, if it was the Klan, the Ku Klux Klan, now, now when the Ku Klux Klan is rising, they got their little president, they think they winning, you think they ain't going to come through and be like, hey, oh, by the way, we killed all them niggas down in Atlanta, y'all can't prove it, we just want to let y'all know we did it, like, come on, man, like, it's not realistic, no proof, no evidence, nobody has come forward in all this time, we supposed to believe it's this big CIA, Georgia cockpit spirit, half the people, let's say it was, let's say it was a big cover-up that Georgia police and, and the mayor Maynard Jackson and all these people didn't want to get out, all the people is dead now, they all dead, so who's still covering up now, who's, who's still worried about, reput- like, you know what I mean, like, it, it don't make no sense to me. I, I, Wayne, I, I've in all this. I thought Wayne Williams was when they got him. Most people outside of Atlanta thought they got the right guy because again, the murder stopped, and it just you could. He never like. Here's the thing: as an interrogator and somebody who who has experience in this area, if I if I have evidence on you, you gotta you have to refute the evidence I have on you. You can't give me other shit. Well you know, there, there was a lot of guys in the neighborhood, yes, there were a lot of guys in the neighborhood, however, the, the fibers that I found in these bodies matched the carpet in your house, so explain to me how these fibers that I find on these bodies match the fiber in your house, and don't tell me about some kid that got chased by some other guy in a white car that didn't look nothing like you, that does not explain how this fiber that I found on this body matches the carpet in your house, you understand? That's how people, that's how serial killers and crooks and criminals, they try to manipulate people because people run off and say, oh yeah, well, it could have been somebody else. It could have been, however, however, the fiber that we found on this body matches the carpet in your house. So you got to tell me and show me and prove to me that you didn't have carpet in your house or you had a different carpet in your house or this, in the case of OJ, 
this is not the fiber that you found, this is another fiber, and I can, you know, the chain of evidence was broken, and we don't know that that's the fibers found, you know, it's something like that, you have to refute the evidence that I have that points to you, you can't give me a bunch of stories that can point to this one, and that one, this conspiracy, and this one, that's nice, that's nice, but that does not disprove this evidence that I have on you, explain to me why you were on the bridge that night, because you weren't going to nobody's house, you weren't going to meet nobody, there was no note, so why were you on the bridge that night? Because the CIA conspiracy don't explain why you was on the bridge that night, and why we found a body we was on the bridge at, explain that. The CIA conspiracy don't, fi- don't explain these fibers and dog hairs, explain that, you know? So, same thing I told y'all with the serial podcast, same thing, like, if you're not tuned and trained these guys, serial killers kill people, they get to kill the number of people they kill because they're charming, because they know what to say, because they know how to manipulate people, they know how to say things that if your guard is down or you're just not thinking, makes sense, that's how you kill 12, 13, 14 people, you don't get to kill that many people if you just look crazy from the beginning or your, or your stories sound crazy, they're always charming, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, usually they're attractive, okay, that's how these people get these people, they're charming, they're manipulative, they tell you what they gotta tell you, and they make it seem like it's something that it's not, that's, that's how you get to kill 15 people, so you gotta, you gotta keep that in mind, if you say something to me that doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, I don't care that you try to tie it in, or you try, you know, you try to, okay, well, we know the Klan is active, and we, yeah, we know the Klan kills black kids, so you wanna pull the Klan in so I can think, oh yeah, it could be the Klan, nah, that, yeah, okay, but nobody in the clan was found with fibers from their carpet on the body that matched their house, you gotta explain that, so, I, I, I I don't believe it, the CIA shit, you'll hear it if you haven't listened, is ridiculous, and I, I can tell, I work for the CIA, and I'm not, I'm not claiming to know everything about the CIA, but I did work in clandestine service, I know how it works a little bit, I know how they operate, and here's what he says, it's not credible at all, and doesn't make any sense, but if you don't know anything from the CIA and you're distrustful of the CIA, then you might be prone to believe that story. That's how criminals operate. That's how manipulative people, serial killers and the like, drug addicts and the like, that's how they operate. They take a little bit of truth and sprinkle it in with what you already know. Look how many people Trump got to vote for him with that same shit. You already believe that the reason why your dumb, uneducated, can barely read, tooth-missing ass, can't get a job is because Mexicans is taking it. You know, you would be CEO of fucking Google with your dumb ass if it wasn't for this fucking Mexican on the side of the road selling oranges. And that's why you, you know, fucking poor as fuck. And so somebody comes along and they take a little fact here. Oh, yeah, because, you know, Obama and Nicole, and look, they take it. And so, yeah, it sounds good. Next thing you know, we got a dumb ass for president. It's how the shit works. So, I don't believe Wayne... I think he killed, I, I think he killed those kids, Man, he might not have killed everybody that's on him, but again, th- that right there, that's what I'm talking about, okay, so Wayne, they charged 23 bodies on him, but they can only prove 5, why, so he didn't kill anybody, because they, they sweat those, uh, that, uh, you, this, that's the type of logical jumps that gets you to conspiracy theory, because that doesn't make sense, okay, he killed 5 people, they put 25 on him, so he didn't kill those 20 people, okay, let's say that's a fact, let's say he didn't kill those 20 people, but he still killed the five, you can't say that he didn't kill anybody, cause look, they set him up, it's a conspiracy, he didn't kill anybody, it's, no, this is, that's, that's a logical jump, that's how you get to conspiracy theory, because you forget that he killed these five people, 
And it doesn't, it's not, it's not logical to say, well, because he didn't kill those other 20, he didn't kill these five. And that's my whole point. Yes, I think it's possible that they closed some cases on Wayne Williams. I think it's possible. I think it's probable, because they do that a lot, not just on Wayne Williams, but that doesn't mean that Wayne Williams didn't kill anybody. It doesn't mean he didn't kill any children, only because only had enough evidence strong enough to prosecute the two adults. He killed two adults. So you think he killed two adults, he's not capable of killing children? Yeah, like, you understand? Like, it doesn't make sense. Oh, he's harmless. He's No, he's not. He killed two people, for sure, that they could tie physically. So, I don't understand the lump with, oh, well, he killed kids, he didn't kill, he killed adults, he didn't kill kids. They, they, they can only prove it was a lot of pressure. So they can only take to court those two adults. It doesn't mean he didn't kill the kids. John Wayne Gacy killed all different um, age groups. He killed from all the way up to 19, all the way down to some of the boys at 14, 15. Serial killers kill. So, you know, y'all listen, I don't believe it, but it, it, the point is, it's a great co- podcast, and I like it, because again, I told you, I, was a, I remember that case vividly, because I was a child of that age, and so it's very poignant to me, because I remember, and I remember when they caught him, and I remember the trial, because we paid close attention, because again, um, I think when they caught him, 1980, how old was I, uh, was it 80, 81, 80, uh, I like 10, 11, 12, 10, 7, I, oh, I don't know, I was a little kid because it was 80, or if it's 81, I don't remember when they called him, it was early 80s, so in the early 80s, I was, I was like 7, 8, 9, 10, I turned, um, yeah, I was like 7, 8, 9, 10, I don't, I don't exactly know what years it was, but I feel like by 83, it was over with, um, so early, you know, early 80s, uh, I was up, you know, I was of the age, I was in second, third, fourth grade, so, I, I, it's a great podcast, um, highly recommend it, um, I'm not sure if I rec- <laughs> I told you about Up and Vanished. It's another one I listened to called Dirty John, and I was complaining about Dirty John, and I actually stopped listening to it because I was like, this shit is dumb, but listen, plot twist. That's all I'm going to tell you. Dirty John, I finished it up, and I'm glad I did because plot fucking twist. That shit got real good real fast, and I was like, whoa, I did not expect that ending. So y'all might want to check that out too. It's really good. All right, so let's move on to Genghis Kicks, and yo, it's a very, very lively time for, for sneaks, um, so what do I want to tell y'all about, try not to give it all to y'all at once, but it's a, it's a lot of stuff dropping, so, um, there's some vans, I told y'all before, I'm, st- you know, I don't know if you're in the vans, but if you are, there's a whole, vans is like trying to step their game up, and they got this multicolor pack out, they probably sold out already, but it's really dope, I'll show them to you, Knight got some Air Maxes, these Air Max 270s, I like them a lot, they out in different colors, they look super light and comfortable, um, Nike is stepping his game up, since, you know, Adidas coming with the boost, like, they gonna take over, like, like, oh, hold up, wait a minute, y'all thought I was finished, they coming through with some fly, fly stuff, um, some Pumas out with some gold, classic joints that, you know, I typically don't wear, well, not typically, I don't wear Pumas, but, um, there's some fly joints, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna I put them up there gold, um, the 95 Air Maxes, the neon joints, are coming out. They got a little different sole on them, so I, I gotta—I don't know if I like them a lot. They, they changed the Air Max sole a little bit, and they made them like a court shoe. I'll put them up. You see if you like them. I wish they would just bring them back regular. Um, same thing. Like I'll, They got all different colors, I'll show you, but it's like a court shoe. It's like a tennis shoe. And then, 
we got the um, 30 years Air Max 1 anniversary. Air Max 1, I told y'all, my favorite Air Max is an Air Max 1 and the Air Max 90. And I like the 95, but my favorite are the, 90, are the um, 90s and the Air Max 1. So it's a 30-year anniversary of Nike Air. They got all kind of colors coming out. I showed y'all the ones I got. Um, I got the originals, the um, blue, but the red, there's a red and white, there's a blue and white, there's royal blue. They all coming out really, really, um, it's a dope shoe. It's a comfortable shoe. It's like walking on air. Um, love them. Um, the J4, oh, no bad. The J, the taxis. The Jordan 10s, I think. Is it 10 or 12? I always forget. I think it's 10. Coming out next month, but I'm going to save that for y'all. But I just want to let y'all know because, um, you know, get your rituals ready. Because if you want to get those, it's going to take some, it's going to take some rituals. So, just so y'all know. All right. So, I'm going to put those up. Um, we gave y'all, so we got a full hour, so y'all can't complain that I went short this week. So, um, thanks for listening. Please follow me at thanks, um, thanks for asking on Twitter. Thanks, wait, I'm getting confused. Yeah, thanks underscore for asking without the G on Twitter. Please follow me there. You can follow me personally at KMGZ. If you follow me at KMGZ, you'll see the podcast. Footage. I think I just gave it to y'all wrong. Whatever, my bad. Um, Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends. Listenership is growing. Thanks for shouting me out. Thanks for retweeting me. I appreciate it. Um, my uh, email is thanks for asking podcast at gmail.com. I'll check that today. I usually don't get emails, but maybe one of y'all might have sent me something, so I'll check it today. But y'all could always hit me on either of the Twitters. Um, again, apologize for the no video. The equipment's not here, but I'm, I'm going to get it done. And also, just to prime y'all, um, I might, I'm gonna stick, stick to my schedule of dropping episodes on Thursday, but there might be some times when I have to do it on Saturday, cause, um, the job I got is kicking up, and sometimes I have to work late, and I just don't always have time to record on Wednesday, um, but, no, I'm gonna try to stick to the schedule, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna give y'all time to know when it's coming on Saturday, and it's not so bad, cause again, Saturday I have more time, more or less, like, I'm not pressed for time right now, I don't, I don't have to stick, you know, to any kind of schedule, I ain't gotta get to bed, so I can, you know, rap a little bit with y'all, so, um, but I'll, I'll let you know ahead of time, and I'll try to keep those some minimums, I know it's like, during the week, I do too, like, Atlanta Monster episode was late this Friday, and I was, like, throwing fists, like, what the fuck's my episode, so I, I feel y'all, but I just wanna let y'all know, nigga, do work, and unless one of y'all wanna call me up, and, and you know, put me on, on Sirius or something, or, or take, you know, give me something else to do, I gotta work to pay these bills, so, um, yeah, alright, y'all, thanks, um, for listening, to thanks for asking, and um, I don't know what I'm gonna name this episode. I was on a the run there. What, what are we gonna name this one? Let's see. Can I think of something real quick? Mm, I cannot. So, yeah, I'll, I'll as y'all know, I'll have the title up by the time I post it, and um, it's going up today. So, all right. See y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>